Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Diva Behavior, the podcast where we take pop culture extremely seriously. And my guest this week is the amazing Joe Gunn. Joe has been on this podcast several times before to talk about Mariah Carey, but this time we're talking about a Bravo celebrity because that is his specialty. Joe is a meme maven. He's an ageless Instagram meme maven who specializes in bravo memes mostly but he does a little bit of everything and i love the way his brain works he is one of the best people to follow on instagram and twitter he's amazing i love him and we're talking about the chaotic chaotic tv show bethany ever after if you've never seen it it's available on hey you in the uk and i have heard that it's also available on peacock in the u.s it's a crazy wild ride i don't think it would ever be made today Somehow, randomly, Joe and I ended up both binging it at the same time over the past month or so, so we decided to have a little meeting of the minds and talk about it. So we spend like the first 45 minutes or so talking about general things and general Real Housewives of New York stuff, and then we kind of get into more of the nitty gritty about the show toward the end, if you want to skip to just the meat there, the meat, ew. Um, Yeah, so... Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Molly Mulshine. Follow Joe on Instagram and Twitter at JoeGun90. Also, he has another account on Instagram called Joe Gun TV, which is just the weirdest pop culture clips you could possibly think of. It, you'll just like dive into it and stay there for hours. Rate and review Diva Behavior on Apple Podcasts. Send this podcast to a friend who you think would like it. And enjoy the episode. Some people think Diva is a diva to you. Would you say, are you one? I never said that. Diva Behavior, the podcast. So Joe Gunn is back on Diva Behavior. Joe, thank you so much for dropping by. I'm back and it feels so good. It feels like home, Molly, in, uh, here, here at Diva Behavior headquarters. I know. I love having you. How have you been? Have you been working on anything new, anything exciting? I know you've got a really big, uh, high profile Danielle Staub series that's been making waves. <laughs> um, it's been gradually snowballing. I feel like people are enjoying my little Danielle Staub highlights uh, from her weekly viewing sessions. Anyone who doesn't know Danielle Staub watches The Real House of New Jersey, which she's not in anymore, but she watches it back and offers commentary. And I'm so grateful for it because it's it's really it's thoroughly entertaining. But um, if people don't want to watch the hour plus. Uh, Instagram lives that she records I just uh, I watch it for you and I cut it down and I get all the what I believe to be the key moments and I I put it together in a video unfortunately today she hasn't um, come up with the goods and I was a bit I was very devastated but she's since put out an emergency podcast earlier today apparently both of her identical iPhone 12s crushed (laughs) 
and, <laughs> and so she's because she's not technically technically savvy like we should know this about her but she phoned in presumably on her daughter Gillian's phone from on the way back from the AT&T store um, and she said she's going to be up till midnight if that's what it takes to to connect with us and so maybe she'll have DVR'd the New Jersey Housewives and we'll get some uh, some content later today. <laughs> she says she so, has two phones and they both crashed on the same night. She says, I, I need a backup. So I got this. <laughs> That's fishy. I was expecting like iPhone 4 or something from, from Danielle style, but she's... Um, Wow, I don't know. Maybe she got got those two iPhones in the divorce settlement. Maybe maybe that's all she got from Marty. <laughs> yeah, I do not understand. I mean, first of all, what goes through her head ever on a daily basis? She's like one of the most confusing humans to me. But also, like how she has a roof over her head. It's interesting. She was actually. I'm. I always say one of seven people. I'm sure there's more than seven. Um, especially now that she's. Um, making waves on on instagram live that listens to her podcast and she was actually homeless for six months last year and pretty much couch surfing airbnb all that it sounded really chaotic and it was all to do with i mean it's all out there marty uh took back the house that she was living in that she thought she was going to get in the divorce to be honest i don't know the details but essentially she was kicked out of that home and uh, but now she's um she's she's got a new home i no doubt rented um yeah. but it's 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 a new home that she loves to show off her home decor in, in that in sounded that was a very home. jersey accent joe that sounded <laughs> oh my goodness i forgot for a second you are a new jersey native of course yeah and <laughs> do you like have any tea do you did you did she was she anywhere remotely mixed in your circles I'm not sort of trying to make you out to be like a mafia mob adjacent. Oh, I wish you would make me out to be that. (laughs) I, so I actually, we've talked about this. I have had much more overlap with the New York ladies because when I used to work for the New York Observer and I lived in New York City for five years, I would bump into them all the time. But the New Jersey ladies, they're more North Jersey, but they've been vacationing in my parents' hometown more and more. So do you remember the confrontation between Melissa and Danielle? At the um, movie, they had smoothies. Yes, that is like three blocks away from my parents' house. And whenever I'm home, I go there all the time. Like that is my, that is like where you can get a green smoothie in Ocean County, New Jersey, the only place you can get one. So that it, that was crazy to see, and they've been in Bayhead all the time lately, the last couple of years. So it's cool. Love that. Uh, yeah, I'm such a like a you know, well, a person who doesn't know an area. I'm like, oh, New Jersey, you must know <laughs> because obviously New Jersey is huge, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, didn't you interview Ramona at one point, or you were on sat at her table or something? I interviewed Yaz Hernandez, who is friends yes. with Ramona, and Ramona came up to us. Yeah, that's it. And she was like, what are you doing? What's going on? What is this? Who is this? Because she probably could tell I was a reporter because I didn't look like I belonged there. And Yaz was like, and Yaz is like super glamorous. She was so nice. She took me to this like ladies who lunch spot and we sat outside and like got French fries and she ate like two of them. And Ramona was like, oh, well, you're very beautiful, but you're very natural. She's like natural, right? 
to Yaz and I was like, oh my God, this is like a classic Ramona Singer backhanded compliment. Oh, you got the singer stinger. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, I remember this story you told me and uh, yeah, it's all coming back. But I could just picture it. It's just it's a natural, natural, like, you know, it's just, you know, it's like, I mean, who needs to be like a size a negative zero, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That kind of vibe. And oh no, well, I am sure you're, um, you're, uh, um, you've got the wherewithal to rise above that the singer stinger and, and I hope you haven't been traumatized from it. <laughs> no, I know. I already knew I was a natural beauty, so it was fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, apart from that, I've been doing nothing because, um, you know, of, of everything that's, everything that's going on in the world. Um, but you know, how are you? I'm loving the bangs. Thank you. My <laughs> pandemic bangs. I really like them too. I think they're here to stay. Um, no, I, I think they're a permanent fixture. Let's face it. Good, good. I'm glad you like them because, you know, it's, it is dicey. I was like dying to do something and I was either going to get a tattoo or get bangs. And I'm so glad I got bangs because I am not a tattoo person and I shouldn't ever, every 10 years or so, I get this delusion in my head that I could maybe be a tattoo person, but I'm not. So it's good that I didn't do that. I'm with you. I could never, I just, yeah. I've got no, there's no desire. There's, there's no like burning itch. There's not, there's not even a, uh, a chance that I could, you know, have a few too many tequilas and, right. and go and let's just fucking do it. <laughs> no, it's, it's never ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, but, I, I yeah, wish they could and, like isolate the gene for what makes some people be like, oh my God, I need a hundred tattoos and other people be like, never even one, you know? Right maybe maybe there's a gene maybe that's uh, what does that say about us as, as a human race I don't know but you've also tell me about this show that you were on because I um I've actually heard I either saw it on Twitter or something before you posted it so I was like and now Molly's in it what's this say so what's the premise it, let me guess okay the, I want to guess the premise is that all of you guys because you're all wearing the same name badge that said fern number one number mm -hmm, two mm -hmm. so I guess it's like Whose whose house is this really, and who is lying? Right, exactly. Is it? So, that is exactly <laughs> what it is. Can I just say, right up my street? I can't wait to watch it. I think you're gonna like it. It is chaos, and it's fun, and like the concept sounds really strange, but then when you watch it, you're like, okay, this works, and it's hilarious. And yeah, I, I'm so happy with the way it came out. It was really fun and everyone involved was really nice and everything. Um, oh. My character is like a super snobby, bitchy American. So obviously that was a real stretch and I am never going to be able to go to Ashford Kent ever again after the things I said about it on the show. So they, they did not make you go to the COVID capital of the UK. Is it, is it? Isn't that where the, the new mutation was found? <laughs> it was called the, the Kent strain. <laughs> oh, no. But, um, yeah, I'm sure it was all, um, everyone tested, everyone masks and all that. But, um, yeah, I'm, it's kind of like, it sounds like a reverse through the keyhole. Did you have that in No, in I don't know what that is, but all the press coverage was mentioning that. So I think, yeah, it is basically, that's what it is. I can't wait. Anyway, I've hijacked your podcast. C continue. <laughs> no, yeah. I, it was so fun and it made me really excited for my hopeful, hopefully my future on Real Housewives. It was good to get a little taste and kind Please. of feel what it's like to have the cameras on you. But obviously what we are here to talk about is Bethany Ever After. 
Yes, I'm very excited to be here. It's, it's, it's kind of really good timing because I've, I've literally just finished watching it. I think we started and finished watching it at the exact same time, which is really weird. That is synergy or or a word similar to that. That is, I mean, this is meant to be. Yeah. So what made you in this random like February 2021 pick up Bethany getting married slash Bethany ever after? Here it is. I'd never seen it. (gasps) I had not seen it. I did my New York and I just did New York straight through and I let Bethany just drop off and come back later on in the seasons. And there was this blind spot. I knew about the messy divorce. I knew it was, I had this Jason Hoppy bad guy, which is interesting when I started watching it. And I was like, hang on, is this the demon that I'm supposed to be hating? He seems, he's quite, he seems okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, I hadn't seen it and, uh, Obviously, I'm I'm currently furloughed from my job, and I have been all year. So I obviously that means I've got lots of free time, and instead of volunteering and giving back to the community, I decided <laughs> to be selfish and just binge <laughs> Bethany ever after. But you do give back to the community because you make the best clips of Housewives ever, ever, ever in the world. And there was this, there was this, um, photo shoot that Vogue did with Sarah Jessica Parker that I think is a really good metaphor for the clips that you make and not even just your memes, but also the clips that you post on Twitter, the clips that you post on your Joe Gun TV account. You, so this, this photo shoot they did with Sarah Jessica Parker was when the Plaza Hotel was about to get renovated. So they decided to take SJP and put her in all of the little weird places that you wouldn't normally shoot like the hallways and like under the stairs and oh that's so sjp yeah right and and just these weird esoteric spots and i feel like those are the moments that you latch onto and make clips out of and it is so gratifying and amazing and like the things that i think one of the things that people love about reality tv it's not the drama it's just the the, watching people do mundane things and just being like fascinated by what it's like. So like one of the clips that you posted from this that I really just went over my head watching it, but that kind of like crystallized one of the key components of Bethany's personality for me is when she's getting ready for that party where she's pregnant and she's got the tutu on. And oh my goodness, that brown tutu. Yeah, what in God's name? And she she walks out into the kitchen and there's two men in the kitchen. One of them is her assistant and another is another guy. And she goes, nothing, nothing. If you're straight, you should be noticing. And it was like, what? Like, I believe my caption on that one was just monster. Yeah. <laughs> because it was, if, if not the first episode, one of the first episodes I was watching. So I was, it, here's the thing with Bethany, Bethany Ever After, although it, as it was first called, first season was Bethany Getting Married with a question mark, question which is chaotic, mark. which is chaotic, um, is that it takes you a while, especially 10 years after the fact, maybe at the time you're not as sensitive to this, um, 
energy, but it's, it takes you a while to acclimatize yourself to it. So, so in the later seasons, I was watching Bethany do like some problematic things, but I was kind of like not even registering that, oh, maybe I should cut that and, and, and frame it. And, um, oh, you know, you just become a bit desensitized to her Bethanyisms, and um, which is, I guess, to know her is to love her, but it's also like really, yeah, it is problematic, and yeah, you, you know, yeah. we'll get on to that. But um, yeah, no, I'm first of all, thank you for your appreciate your words of appreciation for my <laughs> my uh, Twitter threads and um, Instagram uh, sliders and all that. But um, so that's very gratifying. Thank you, and I'm glad that there's an audience out there that um, enjoys these little moments as much as I do. I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. It's just like watching people exist. I mean it goes back to watching the big brother lines live streams you know mm. and in the middle of the night and um just being just being fascinated by watching these people just doing just existing and yeah even yeah. though there's an element of the camera crew being on them so it's it's not a it's not a true re really authentic representation it but so that but that's almost part of the fascination is how is this person acting with a camera there um so yes yeah like bethany I don't know if a lot of what she does, I think, is for the cameras. And it's interesting because, you know, whenever we talk about celebrities, I like to make sure that people know we're talking about this person's public image. We're not talking about them as a person. We're talking about them as a character and a caricature of themselves. But Bethany seems to always be making choices about how she's going to portray herself and how people are going to see her and trying to, like, you know, manipulate the way that people see her in a way. And one of these things that she is really, really interested in is the idea that she's funny. And a lot of her humor is like in that clip you posted, a lot of it is just like, you're a straight man. You must want to have sex with me. Like, look at my boobs, blah, 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 blah. Or like, oh, there's a gay man over here. Like, why doesn't he fix my curtains? Like weird, very broad strokes, like straight man, gay man, dichotomy that she's always got going on it's or so if she's, Mexico, if she's in mexico the guy is a mexican like it's a you're you you crazy mexican it's she's finding something about this person and then getting it into a like a um you know yeah like straight guys am i right or you know or something yeah. like you know and it's just like it's just a constant like you know it's, 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 listen i feel like part of my being horrified by her is that I can see myself in her mm -hmm. and I'd be lying if I say I didn't and yeah it's it's a, but it's again I think it's about this being in 2010 um and um I don't know it's just like I was accused of my Twitter thread being just uh, let's attack Bethany and expose her. Um, this is an expose thread. And I was like, it's, it's actually not. I'm, I am merely presenting the material. I love to watch Bethany. I think she is fascinating. I do think she is genuinely funny when, mm. she's, when she's not making distasteful jokes and problematic jokes. But... Um, yeah, it's, she's, she's, and I love to watch her in the same way that Ramona is, you know? Like, these people are monsters, and I don't like them or want to be like them, um, mm. but I, I think they make great television. And my ultimate thought coming away from my, um, my binge was that 
I want a Bethany ever after too, you know, with this, uh, with this current engagement that she's got going on. I was like, get fire up the cameras again. Let's go. Um, I think she, she belongs on TV. She does. But the, also just one more, one last topic on the problematic jokes that she would make. She also is just saying things that were extremely commonplace back then. Like if you watch like the first 10 minutes of the sex in the city movie, the one where they go to like Stanford and Anthony's wedding. It's like, those are Bethany jokes. Like the whole thing of like, my best gay is marrying your best gay. You know what I mean? Like, and that was just a very like cringe moment in pop culture where I feel like we were able to openly talk about sexuality and things like that, but we hadn't evolved to the point of like knowing what was insensitive and what was not. And I don't know. It seems like, I don't, do you think Bethany has evolved past that? Probably she has more of a filter now because she has more experience of being in the limelight and celebrity and cancel culture. But then her thing is always, this is me, take it or leave it. Um, And then she'll always, um, promote herself in the she she knows exactly okay his, obviously this week is a key example she knows exactly what she's doing she knows how to get publicity and she doesn't almost doesn't care whether it makes her look bad or look like the villain so mm-hmm. for example a few months back her comments on WAP you know and um she saw this song was what everyone was talking about. So she put her two cents in and she knew that would drive traffic to her podcast to hear what this problematic rant she was going on about, about this, um, this rap song. And then this week with announcing her, uh, I guess they confirmed that the divorce had happened and it was literally 13 minutes after the Real Housewives of New York season 13 mm. trailer had dropped. And then not long after that, like an hour after that, she announced that she was engaged um, again through a publication. I think, yeah, the first one was on um, Radar and the second one was on page six. Or it was page six and then people, yeah. I think. Anyway, so she, yeah, she's a um, publicity machine. She knows exactly what she's doing. But yeah, to your point of does she... Like, I don't think she would, I think she would know not to say the, the word, the F word, like not to say faggot on her podcast, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, um, or, or, you know, other words. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know is my answer, I guess. She's very old school, old school. A lot of the things that she says are very much like something that you would hear like a 60 year old man from New Jersey say. You know, like a lot of the jokes that she makes, it just reminds me. And I think it's like from growing up at the racetrack and like just being around that. Like, oh my God, one of the craziest things in the show and even in later seasons of Real Housewives of New York when she was back is like getting those glimpses back into the men that she did grow up with. Like when she is meeting with the stepdad that raised her and he abused her mother and he even like, physically abused Bethany once or twice and she's like oh you know I still forgive you and think you're a good person and it's like really confusing and then when she meets up with those guys from the racetrack with Jason and they're like no Bethany you don't understand like your real your birth father is a great guy he's really nice blah 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 and Bethany's like no, you don't understand. Like he didn't raise me. He was not around. He didn't care to hang out with me or anything. 
it's just like these crazy ass men that she grew up around. And I feel like she's got, she sort of takes on that personality a lot. She and Dorinda have similar, like abrasive sort of like New York, New Jersey personalities. And she just, I don't know. It's just so weird how she sort of embodies this like macho man thing in my mind, like her sense of humor, at least. I see it. I feel like maybe part of that is just, uh, there's this, it shouldn't be this way, but there's this sense of women sort of almost learning from experience or just observation that in order to get ahead in business, you have to be the man. Like I know from my, my mum um, tells me about the advertising days in the, the 80s and 90s, like she had to just become one of the men mm. in order to be taken seriously, uh, in order to, um, you know, get a, get ahead. She was essentially playing the game. And so it's, yeah, like making crude jokes and, um, uh, you know, laughing at the, the crude and sexist and problematic jokes that her male colleagues were making in order to be in with the lads, you know. So maybe I guess Bethany had, um, that's just something she'd learned in order to, and, you know, she, she, you could say, say she'd made it from being really successful um, with Skinny Girl and um, all her other ventures. Um, but then again, maybe it, she was just born this way and this is how she is. And I don't know, there's some sort of like, yeah, macho, sexist problematic gene that she's got um that is such a good point though I think it really I think you're so right that it goes back to her career and her workplace uh ideals and everything because I was look I saw that something leaked where she was in hot water because um a woman had asked her had said to her you know it's a lot harder for women particularly women of color to get funding and like i've wondered if maybe putting a man at the head of my organization would make me get more funding blah 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 and then bethany was like no you just need to be better than the men and it's like okay like in an ideal world yeah but sometimes that doesn't even work and like bethany won't real she doesn't want to hear that like she she kind of is like no be better than the men i'm better than the men that's what i did that's how i did it and that's what you have to do and yeah i think you have a point that that probably has something to do with her sense of humor as well so what has been your trajectory on bethany the character because mine was first few seasons of real housewives of new york I was absolutely in love with her. I was like, she's so cool. She's such a woman of the people. She's the voice of reason. She's like the Greek chorus. Then I started watching Bethany Ever After and I was like, hell yeah, I'm on this ride. Then I got a little bored of it. I never finished it the first time around. And then I felt when she came back to Real Housewives of New York, she was... um, she was no longer the every woman. She was now the top dog on the show. And like her last few seasons on the show, it was basically, she would, you could see her sort of hand picking the people that were going to stay and that were going to go. Like when she first came back, she basically ran Kristen Takeman out of town and Heather, I would say. So like wh- what has been your, and then now I, when I watch her doing stuff, I'm like, okay, some of what she does is really cringe. I, I feel like she's too successful now to not be held more accountable for like some of the more cringe things that she says. And I just have much more nuanced feelings on her than what I used to. So what's, can you walk me through your own like path along the Bethany railroad? Sure. 
um, just going back, yeah, I, obviously, like, well, I guess some of the world's first experience of her was The Apprentice, right? Uh, right. But I didn't, I didn't see that here in the UK. Uh, and so my first experience of Bethany was The Housewives. And yeah, I guess I thought she was entertaining. I've never been like a Bethany stan, but then again, I, I'm not really one to zone in on a housewife and be like, I am a, well, I don't know, there's like Portia Williams, but then it's like, how can you not, <laughs> you know, how can you not worship at the altar of, of Portia Williams? Um, but, but no, I, I'm very much of the, okay, I just want to watch these people and be fascinated by them and, and analyze them and, and talk about them on podcasts. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's that. And then I guess my journey is different to yours because I had this Bethany Ever After blind spot. So didn't know what that was. Um, and then she came back. And yeah, I think grateful for the contributions she's given us. She's given us, she's given us some, dare I say it, iconic moments, you know. Mm. Um, it's about Tom, for example, mention it all. Uh, you know, we, you, could go, you could go on. The, the, even like the, her face off with um, Kelly Ben Simone, you're down here, I'm, you're up here, I'm down here, and just and go to sleep, go to sleep. I could go oh on. Oh my you God, know? Scary uh, Island. That scary was like, island. that moment changed everything. <laughs> it changed the game. Um, but yeah, so where I stand on Bethany is that she's entertaining. I actually, I took some notes, don't know why I'm not looking at them. Um, uh, love to watch. She's fascinating and funny and horrifying all in equal measure for me. And yeah, like I said, I'd, I wouldn't be mad if she had another follow me around reality show. Not uh, the Bethany and Frederick. Uh, yes, I watched it. <laughs> um, it's, it's, that was, um, it, it's not as good as the follow me around. The old school reality shows, you know, the, yeah. um, the I'm a slut, the Zoe, Zoe, um, project what is it Zoe Rachel Zoe <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a fake <laughs> I'm sure I'm really looking forward to actually Andy's documentary series about reality tv just so I can like really get my history lesson and and um see and learn about my blind spots like that but um yeah and the, like um I used to watch Denise Richards it's complicated and just mm. that following a celebrity and uh, Paula Abdul <laughs> just following a celebrity and then you get the team that comes with it the glam squad the so it's very um the comeback you know yes um, yeah um I I just love that format and I don't know I kind of feel like that it's not I can't think of a show on at the moment that is really that format like the Kardashians is so polished it's like a, each episode is like a cinematic you know movie even though I admittedly I don't really watch it but when I have dipped in it's kind of um and it's I feel like it's very edited as well and I just want more of the raw yeah camera crew following them around and, and the chaos I thought all in all Bethany Ever After was a really good solid reality show in its own in its own right and I don't know it had everything just so much chaos um um, but gosh, what, what was even your question? I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was just what your like fandom level is of Bethany. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah I, why do you think it is that we don't see these types of shows anymore? Like the Osbournes. Like I was just talking about this with someone like, why have we accepted in the U S we have accepted Sharon and Kelly Osbourne as like cultural arbiters. And it's really strange because I'm like, these people 
kind of suck. They are really not nice. And they were so good on a reality show because their home home life was insane. But now we're like watching them like they they just have become this weird like moral voice of America. Like they're always just talking and like inserting themselves into things that they have nothing to do with. And I don't know. I just I miss those old shows. Like I miss the Osbournes. It was so good. What's crazy is crazy to think about it now that we actually used to sit down and watch the Osbournes as a family. No <laughs> way. My parents would watch it too, but then honestly, they're not those, those types of people. Like, I think it's just because it was the novelty. There was nothing like this before. Although I think there was some kind of iterations of reality shows, but this was the first like big, okay, this is new. This is what we're doing now. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that was just my parents being fascinated by this new sort of format, <laughs> sitting down and watching it, maybe pretending in their head it was like a documentary series. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just, I just had a flashback to that. Um, yeah, no, The Osbournes was um, really fascinating. I was always fascinated by the daughter that refused to take part. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so just, you'd just been completely edited out. Um, yeah, and- I didn't know that Americans saw Sharon Osbourne as uh, immoral. <laughs> A voice it's of weird. morality. She's just like always on TV. Like it's like when because oh, she's on the the View, the talk, comp- yeah, yeah, the comp- competition to the yeah, view, the yeah. discount View. She <laughs> and like she just I don't know. She's just always on TV and she's always giving her opinion. And I'm just like, when did this happen? Why? How did we decide this? But that's getting right. off topic. And but I'm saying I I'm basically I'm saying just bring it back and let's yeah. yeah get like the same production company, get them all reunited and just let, let us just watch this chaos. And I want a Bethany, get, Bethany getting married too. <laughs> and um, let's go. Yeah. So Bethany famously dropped out of the cast of Real Housewives of New York City last year, the night before filming. And how do you think the past, that past season would have been different if she had shown up? How do you think she would have fared with Leah right yeah um because she, she has a history of like anytime someone is younger than her just trying to run them out of town like she did it with Kristen Takeman she did it with Jules Weinstein she sort of didn't do it with Tinsley they're about the same age but I feel like she knew that Tinsley had that like society connection so she couldn't really push her around as much but like what do you think she would have done with Leah do you think they would have had an alliance or do you think it would have been drama I kind of feel like maybe they would have had an alliance they're kind of both sort of as problematic as each other um, I feel like she would have loved the the cultural appropriation of Leah's marriage to the mob athleisure wear that she is just so obviously inspired and taken from black culture and she's this white woman with loads of money like slapping her name on it and I think she even said something about like that no one had ever seen this before or something yeah like, she, she was like no one was Leah, yeah Leah tried to take credit for this style of clothing this athleisure and um I feel like Bethany would have been down with that and when it's with sport I mean Bethany's got two dogs called Biggie and Smalls right? I know. Um, and she's constantly referencing black culture and um not probably not even really thinking about where where this has come from and, and whether whether what she's doing and saying is appropriation and whether she even cares so I don't know I think she'd like I, yeah I might say I'm going with she'd get on with them 
but um it's interesting i was on in a clubhouse room the other day and um alex bow had a good point he said that um there's needs to be a captain of the ship right and he proffered that in his opinion it was always bethany and jill and so when bethany left there was suddenly no captain it was kind of a bit like there was a power vacuum right 100 percent. it's like <laughs> even goes to <laughs> even goes to like bethany was the one that ordered for the whole table you know she would take charge you know be the um the alpha female of the group so i said if um had Bethany stayed on and not did her as Bethany likes to do her her surprise dramatic exit I said um they would have been I think the cast would have been more on edge I mean the the, the Bethany rebellion sort of began the season before with Luann and Bethany clashing and you know, Luann did her whole Bethany, Bethany, Bethany about like Bethany, hey, Bethany gets the best room all the time. And, you know, but then, well, to be fair, like Bethany, like Sonia and Ramona were telling her, like Bethany paid for you to get a lawyer. She paid for you to go to rehab. And so, yeah, Luann was kind of in the wrong there. But... You know, she had balls complaining about anything Bethany ever did. I know, right? You'd be... Yeah, if anything, you'd just be right or die, Bethany, and like forgive her for all her wrongdoings. And but, um, but yeah, I feel like uh, they were all secretly or maybe not so secretly just relieved that Bethany wasn't in in the show anymore. What do you think, Molly? I think, yeah, I don't know. I think she and Leah may have come to blows because it looks like in this new promo, Leah and Heather are going to come to blows because Heather also fancied herself as the captain of the ship whenever she was on the show. And I personally don't think that Heather's up for that job. I think that she is, she, she's one of those people who is a self-proclaimed mom of the friend group which just gives me such agita and i'm like why are you there there doesn't need to be a mom of the friend group it's a friend group it's not a family we're all equals here like you're not like wiping our butts just do you you know so i think yeah i feel like heather and bethany they didn't get along and i really enjoyed watching them butt heads because it seemed like an equal match you know, like that was one thing where whenever Bethany would pick a fight with her, I was like, okay, this is fair. This is, but like whenever, Be- when Bethany picked a fight with Ramona, I was like, oh man, this is not even fun to watch because it's, it's just like, it's like an old man yelling at a cloud and Ramona's the old man and Bethany's the cloud. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm dying. I'm dying. And I'm instantly <laughs> picturing that classic scene of uh, um, Ramona and Cookie on the on that street corner just <laughs> shouting into the phone at Bethany. So the good. audacity you don't support other women. Do you um, think Bethany supports other women? I wanted to ask you that because I associate that scene also with you because you were like the first person to meme it and it was so good. What, like you, you just that was such a good little clip of her just like screaming on the street like the cameramen are like 360 degrees around her just to picture not just that but like the production that went into it and there's just people walking around minding their own business she's like standing in the middle of the street at one point like do you and do you think that bethany supports other women 
cocoa, not cookie, by the way. Um, yeah, I know, cookie, I know. Cookie, really got, God rest really cookie soul. Just, it, oh, yeah, of course. Um, uh, does she support other women? Um, other women that she likes, maybe, uh, um, I guess. Um, she has successful women on her podcast, even though, you know, she says, she always says the filter, the filter, I don't know if you ever listened to her podcast, but it's like the filter for this podcast is successful people who have just climbed up the ranks no matter what. And um, uh, I don't know. I mean, let me see the receipts. How much has she donated to um, Planned Parenthood? How much has she donated to, uh, you know, women's charities? And um, well, I, I, listen, New Ant's a woman and she supported her through going to rehab and mm -hmm. her legal fees and whatnot. So yeah, I guess um, to some extent she does. Um, Bethany has a ways to go uh, with recognizing her privilege. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, um, and uh, uh, perhaps she, she needs to grapple with intersectional feminism. Um, feminism like, in general, I think. Feminism in general. I think, I feel like earlier you mentioned that she was, was it um, a black woman was asking her about getting up in, ahead in business? She was like, well, you just got to be the man. You just got to be. And, it's, and she wasn't even thinking about, well, hang on. This is a black woman. Like this is, yeah. this is completely different to your lived experience. You have to acknowledge that um, and understand why it's different and you do the work. You know, we've all been doing the work. Like we've all had these probably, it's kind of embarrassing how all white people have probably read the same books over the past year. Oh, but yeah, you know, exactly. we've, we've all been doing it, but it comes from a good place, you know, but I just, I, I highly doubt Bethany has even put the audio book in the background on, of, um, you know, yeah, why, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race, for example. <laughs> I think she attributes also too much of her success to her own acumen. Because I think everyone's success is a mix of talent, hard work, and luck, and just different things coming together. And I think, you know, yeah, she worked really hard to get where she is, but it, like someone who did exactly the same things that she did might not have gotten as far, you know? And right. I also think sometimes she overstates just how successful her company has been, just mm -hmm. because she's a little bit now that she's no longer her main thing isn't housewife anymore her main thing now is businesswoman and it's like okay but what about the failed deli meats what about skinny girl deli meats that didn't take the that didn't set the world on fire you know like what about the fact that the whole concept of skinny girl is like completely 10 years ago and obsolete like I don't think she, I, I feel like the, yes, the Jim Beam sale was great for her. Yes. Skinny girl margarita was a really genius product. Really, really smart. Um, whether you, no matter, like, regardless of how you feel about the skinny girl concept for the time that it was, that it came out, it was a smart thing, but now it's like, okay, skinny girl jeans. Like what? No one asked for that, you know? And she just reminds me of these clubhouse rooms of like entrepreneurs, quote unquote, who have like a hundred Instagram followers and no companies. You know what I mean? Not the clubhouse rooms with the entrepreneurs. That is an area of clubhouse I have not dipped into. And you probably won't. If I do, it's probably because I clicked on it by mistake. <laughs> I keep getting them. I need help with clubhouse, Joe. Like It's such a needy app, right? Yeah. And you have to be on it 24 seven. And I just need to know how to find the stuff that I want to find. I can't find the communities that I want to be in. All I keep finding is like podcast networking groups that are just like garbage. 
we need to help you find your tribe. Yeah. Um, just go on my followers list and uh, my following list and follow all the people. It's probably it's all. I only okay, go on I'm going to do that. Literally, I only, I, honestly, I only, I only go on it to talk about Bravo. Well, not. I have yet to speak on Clubhouse. Actually, I'm so nervous. So I just, I'm just a, a silent listener wow. um, at the moment. But um, yeah, you're so right about the skinny girl brand and the, the the idea being very of its time. And yeah, I agree. It was genius. However, I feel like no one talks about the fact that Luan came up with it like no one talks about the fact that it's it's on tape like you know Lisa Barlow raw footage it's right there like Luan is the first one to say it I mean unless like it then had some off-camera conversations and it was a recurring sort of in joke with oh this is my skinny girl and Bethany maybe Bethany did have the idea um which even says um in Bethany Ever After you know, it's, it's not even a clever idea. It's just, it, it is what it is. I just took it, you know, um, but I don't know. I, 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 so that's why in the previews for when it turns out ultimately that her mom, Bernadette, um, did uh, a sold an article, an interview claiming that Skinny Girl was her idea. But when I think, she, I think show, Bethany was, even admitted that it was her mom's recipe. Oh, snap. I didn't know that. But I was, yeah, because I, I was, from the previews, I thought it was going to be Luann. <laughs> Um, was talking to the press about it being her idea um, but then that's almost that's the sort of a storyline in, in Roni um, that is alluded to that um, it was Luan's idea all along um, but yeah where am I going about her entrepreneurship and how it just uh, yeah, feels so, a little smoke and mirrors so someone I've got a, a mutual on Twitter with the um, the username Skinny Girl Sweet Ham. So every now and then I'll get Skinny Girl Sweet Ham has liked your tweet and it just makes me laugh. And yeah, so I guess that at least so um, yeah, was there a gap in the market for for a zero fat deli meats range? I'm I'm not so sure. And what was the USP about the jeans? I mean, I've forgotten. Um, I just remember it being a launch event that they did on, on Roni. Um, but I'm almost like Kim Kardashian almost makes more sense because I don't know, I was watching her Vogue interview um, yesterday and she, the way she talked about skims, even though that was a problematic um, launch with her calling it kimono and cultural appropriation of, of all that but then again she got publicity from it so um but yeah but she her her in was yes the there were brands out there with for shapewear i mean there was even skinny girl shapewear mm-hmm. <laughs> um in in bethany ever after but then um kim was coming at it from a but there was no there was a limited um color tone skin tones of, of the shapewear so that was the gap in the market so that makes sense um, and then the perfumes is just kind of like being a glamorous celebrity, of course, bring out a perfume, like you're an idiot if you don't. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, and I agree with you about, she's pretty, she's, she's flopped a lot. Like, yeah, the show Beth, uh, Bethany and Frederick flopped. Um, I was actually surprised that Bethany Ever After got three seasons um, mm-hmm. because it was a blind spot to me. I sort of, I, th- I thought it might've had two, but then yeah, I was sort of surprised. And I wonder whether, um, uh, they were wanting to document the the divorce and everything. Again, I think I heard on Clubhouse that um, someone had the opinion that Bethany is actually very smart for not continuing to be in the limelight through the divorce. Um, she yeah, did. She went back on Roni. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe that person was an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> 
must have been. But I feel like the so with the show with Bethany Ever After, there has always and her talk show flopped. I think you mentioned as well. I her talk show. I didn't know her talk show flopped. Yeah. That yeah. Was I was was surprised to you because I thought she was quite good actually on the clips that I've seen. Yeah. I thought she was kind of good. I did like a deep dive on her, her talk shows, YouTube channel is still up and there are still a few very bizarre clips on there. So that's a fun rainy day activity, but she like the chatter around Bethany has been, she only shines in an ensemble and every time she tries to branch out and do a solo thing, it doesn't really work. And I think Bethany ever after is, sort of like that like she was the one who was supposed to carry the show I would be like trying to binge it and I couldn't even binge it because I couldn't take listening to her just scream at everyone around her every like three seconds you know what I mean like I would have to take breathers from this show because she's so intense and it works when she's wrangling all these crazy women but when it's her surrounded by like the employees that she's just barking at it's like not as fun you know I would. I, I agree. You've got some valid points. That's understandable. You need to take a break from Beth, Bethany Ever After. Why I loved watching it, I don't know. Maybe I just, it's a, some sort of self-harm. I just, <laughs> I wanted to in, invite some chaos into my life, you know, to spice up lockdown. I don't know. But I would argue that Bethany Ever After is actually an ensemble piece. Um, an ensemble piece? That's how I paid from Summer House. <laughs> um, an ensemble um show um, uh, because I yeah on the surface I thought okay this is just going to be very Bethany and her, and of course I guess I knew she had a team but I didn't know it would go so much into you know we had the the storyline of um, her assistant at the time asking her jeweler out on a date and that whole that was the whole fiasco of that um, and then Gina who knew I did not see Gina coming and being so iconic and um, uh, Dr. Um, Armando or Dr. Oh Dr. A. Amador. Uh, Dr. Amador. And then I had no idea because when I first started watching, a few people said to me, wait for the boat episode. Wait, don't just wait till you get to the boat episode. Brace yourself. And I was picturing, okay, they go on a yacht or something. And it's kind of like maybe uh, there's some drama on there. But I was not picturing that it was her therapist actually taking her on a tiny sailing That boat. was so weird. And he had on a hat the entire time that said Guantanamo Bay. Wait, wait. Like he takes them on this emotional torture boat ride that he is piloting and wears a torture hat. And why is there a hat that says Guantanamo Bay? It seems like something that they would sell as a joke on like the Barstool Sports merch page. Do you know what I mean? Like, why is that a hat? I mean, maybe it's a big, is there a gift shop for Guant- Guantanamo Bay? I'm not sure. Right? Like, so weird. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, okay, that's actually, now I, because I didn't pick up on that, I'm seeing it from a different light. I'm thinking, hmm, okay, is this person um, not this? Because I just looked at him and every time he came on screen, I was like, oh, such a good man. Such a you love him. Guy. I love him. Um, I thought the boat was... I don't know. I guess, look, you need to make money and this is a business venture. At the end of the day, these people are paying him to go on these trips. Um, and it's a cute idea. I don't know. I just feel like it's so unprofessional. 
irrational um and agreed dangerous and um probably probably not even legal um, but yeah it was that was very chaotic um yeah and I, I don't think that yeah I don't think like being on a boat together is that much of an indication of your relationship's health like maybe you're just bad at boating maybe you get seasick I don't think that really like ideally you and your spouse should have a great time on a boat but like maybe you don't and I don't think that that's like damning you know what I mean right and I get it's a metaphor of you know you've got to go through the rough seas you've got to navigate to get to the Mm -hmm. it's all about communication and teamwork and I get that um but yeah so what I'm saying was that uh yeah there are so many characters in it that I wasn't expecting um Julie love Julie I just think she is um is the patience of a saint and do you uh, know do you know what was crazy when Julie quit on camera and Bethany you could tell that she was so enraged that she didn't have control in that moment. And the way that she sort of like swiped back at Julie was to say, oh, well, you know, you haven't been on your A game for the last few weeks. So I knew something was eating at you. And then she repeats it like two more times. She even says it to Dr. Amador because she can, she is such a control freak. And I'm talking about how she's portrayed on the show. I obviously don't know her in real life, but this side of her like that control side is so crazy to me like she can't even handle one of her employees quitting because it wasn't orchestrated by her and she has to come up with she has to prove that she was in front of it the whole time like oh well I knew that was gonna happen and it's like no you didn't like just let her quit that's such a hot take. Molly, I love your mind. And I just, uh, it makes me want to go back and rewatch it again, um, just to pick up on these things that I'm obviously just missing. Um, but uh, yeah, that's so true. And that's a really interesting take that, um, yeah, she had no control and yeah. Oh, but I saw it coming and it's because you were, yeah, no, it's, it's so, so clear to me now, of course. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, well, you, you know, you're not doing your job. So it's good that you're leaving. Mm. I felt like, with the absence of the other housewives, she was, and like most of the cast of the show was her employees and her husband. So like you would get these group, like you said, it is kind of an ensemble cast. And whenever they had a group outing, it was literally her just like preaching to a table of her employees and them sort of like smiling and nodding, which is a function of the show. I don't think it, it probably doesn't say anything about the way that she does business in real life. It's just like, that was how it had to be set up for the reality show. But what did you think about the way that she handled her employees and her like household help and things like that? Because there were so many moments when like my jaw was on the floor. Yeah. And same because I wasn't expecting it. And I, I don't know what I was expecting really, but I was shocked. And I just immediately, I mean, I think episode one is where I got most of my clips from because I I was just so, um, yeah, in, in a state of shock. Uh, the way she was speaking to her employees um, is really unprofessional and um, would not fly. You know, there was, she was me tooing all over the place, you know, reverse me tooing. <laughs> I mean, um, but then it's, again, it's then it's to know her is to love her because then by season three, I was so numb to it that it's kind of like, that's just Bethany's, Bethany's gonna Bethany, you know, yeah. talking about the, her employees sex life and making them feel obviously uncomfortable um uh, yeah so but then it takes someone like julie who just 
I don't know. She just has, it was just like a, such a perfect fit. And I guess Julie likes Bethany and cause she wanted to, it goes back to, you know, I met you in the kitchen chopping tomatoes. And then she said, you're going to work for me one day. And then they both, yeah, I think they're genuinely friends. I mean, she's the mm. god, she's Bryn's god mother. So yeah, that says it all. But uh, yeah, I mean, bless, I can't remember her name, Jackie, the one who quit. Oh, oh my God, that was so oh my goodness. funny. I felt I, my, so bad so for her. Heartbreaking. And it was, it was almost, Bethany was almost daring her to quit. Like at that, that dinner in Mexico, it's just kind of like really putting it on her. Although maybe it was, like, that was kind of like how much of it is pro- production telling her, right, you're going to sit down and you're going to make her really um, realize how much of a daunting task she has ahead and how she's got big shoes to fill. And, and really, we want to get a moment out of you, Bethany, and we want this to, and so maybe that was the part of the, was the producers, or maybe it was just Bethany just torturing her employees. Right. <laughs> she was scared shitless. You could all the color drained from her face. She was like, no, 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 yeah, I'm fine. And then the boat just... <laughs> threw it over that she was like I'm in Mexico with these people away from my family and I'm about to work for this woman full-time and yeah I mean do we think she had a, she actually had another job I don't I think she just quit and, yeah. yeah I want to hear an expose from her I want to hear what was going through her mind and what she was doing because like it was very clear that there was so much more going on that wasn't being shown on camera oh my god Molly if you get Jackie on diva behavior <sighs> I, oh my goodness I would be and it would be like a three-parter. <laughs> yeah. She, the one thing that really bothered me more than anything was the way that Bethany and Jason would talk about Gina, the baby nurse. And then even later on, the way that they would talk about uh, the second nanny who came in, Dawa. The glammy. No, yeah. that was Rara, Veronica. Rara. The glammy. Oh, Dawa. I love Dawa. Dawa from Tibet, Tibet. Tibet. Yeah. She was so cute. But the thing Oh, is- my goodness. Okay, you're from Tibet, so you must be calm. Yeah. Fuck off, Bethany. Like, right. I, I actually couldn't even bring myself to post that on social. On, <laughs> I sound like Lisa Bollock. Um, but, uh, and what else did she say? She was like, she said some stuff. Yeah. And then uh, whenever she met new people, it was like, oh, this is my nanny. She's from Tibet. Um, yeah she's look, i'm not even joking she was, she was protesting to bet almost as if that was a that was a bit like how funny is that she's protesting no she's pro- what bethany walk it back why is she protesting there's some horrible things going on am i going to pretend to know what's going on in tibet no but i know where there's a protest there's some right. shitty things going on um so don't make it a bit okay yeah like and she's like this girl's so quiet and then on the weekends she's protesting like who knew and it's like yeah it's almost like people exist outside of the tiny little box that you put them in yes oh like yeah, hit the, the way- nail on that Yeah. Like the way they talked about Gina was so uncomfortable. Like, first of all, I was furious to see that. So Gina was their baby nurse, which means that she stays overnight with them and they had her sleeping on a futon. So this is the woman who you pay to deal with your baby when your baby wakes up crying so that you don't have to deal with it. And you have her on this freaking pull out Ikea bed. Like when you've got enough money to be like living in Tribeca and I mean, maybe she wasn't in Tribeca. Maybe she was still in Soho, but still like you have enough money to buy this woman a fucking bed who's taking care of your child. And second of all, they would always be like, oh, we have like this, like Gina's overstepping. We have the most inappropriate relationship. It's so inappropriate, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, how is she overstepping? Like, 
what is the issue? Because she's talking to you about her personal life. Like if she was working for you, not in a domestic capacity, you would welcome that. But because she's like your domestic help, you are like horrified that some like horrible line is being crossed. And I don't know. It just felt like it was so such gross, like rich person behavior. And it just made me, just made me so uncomfortable. I agree. The privilege was there and she wasn't even mega rich yet. You know, the the deal hadn't even gone through, which by the way, I think you alluded to, it was published in Forbes that it was like 107 million, but it wasn't even a fraction of that, but she never corrected it. And then there was was some back and forth about it. Some people that she called her out and said it it wasn't that much and that she just um, never corrected it or whatever, but you could look it up. But um, interesting. Yeah. But then I feel like she, she enjoyed the bit of having this back and forth with Gina about her, her crazy, my crazy life. Look, I have this nanny who's, um, who's not doing anything. What are we paying her for? Huh? Like, well, her whole life is a stand up routine. Yeah. Um, uh, and, but yeah, I think she, she and the producers knew, I mean, I didn't watch it at the time, but I'm assuming I would like to think that um, Gina was a hit with the viewers, you know, so she knew that she needed Gina and Gina was sort of crucial to the show. She was um, a key part of the show. Uh, so, I th- yeah, I think she enjoyed that. But then it's like at, at, at Gina's expense. But yeah. then, um, so I just, I think at one point in the show, it was mentioned that Bethany is actually very generous with her employees. So I think she, like she gave Julie a really good bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel, I, I feel like she treats them well in terms of like money. So I feel like, she probably on some level knows that she's using Gina for a bit, but then makes sure she's all right by giving her a good salary and tip. And all that. Yeah. And I would think that Gina hopefully got paid for her appearances on the show, but right. I've heard that the way it works in Bravo land is if you have a confessional, you get paid, but if you don't, then you're just sort of a bit player and you don't get paid. So like, I don't know if Gina and Dawa would have gotten that, you know? But obviously, I'm yeah, just so speculating. Julie, I have no idea. In the final episodes, Julie was getting confessionals. That's probably Bethany's favor. Like, like, yeah. like, like oh, go on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, obviously, Gina would have had to consent to be filmed, but it's like she had no power in the situation. Like, the way that it actually unfolded, she wouldn't have really had much power over how she was portrayed. And it just seemed. I don't know. It seemed like very insensitive and the way that she would imply, like you said, that Gina wasn't doing enough work. And the, there was the one episode where they were trying to get a surprise together for her birthday. And she was like, and she got mad at Gina and like snapped at her really badly on camera. And it was just like, she was like, Oh, you forgot something like what, like what, what's wrong with you kind of thing. And I was just like, Oh, like, is that how people treat people that work in their house? You know? I know. Yeah. And especially let's say it, you know, a white woman with a black woman employee. Right. And it's like, look at, look at the picture, Bethany. Look, what, it doesn't look good. You know, like, you know, talking about publicity and PR, like this isn't a good look. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, but you know, Gina was, was funny and she, I, Gina, she knows she's funny and she, I feel like she, liked the like being on I feel like Gina loved being on TV <laughs> yeah she was awesome um, I yeah Stan Gina yeah 
hundred percent stan all of the side characters on the show which brings me actually to two characters who i don't stand which is jason's parents what did you think about jason's relationship with his parents one of the main conflicts in season one was bethany doesn't want to hang out with them every single weekend they live in pennsylvania it is a schlep to get out to where they live from new york what did you think about all that do you think that they were asking too much of her do you think it was fair so at first I thought they were really sweet and I, I think I even posted like a picture of the mom and was, I was like, oh, I love her. And then people were immediately like, oh, she's the worst. And I was like, okay, maybe she gets problematic later on. Maybe, you know, maybe she's Mago or something. Although I would not be surprised. <laughs> um, Definitely not. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like there's a lot that we didn't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's another thing about the show and reality in general. This is just 42 minutes mm-hmm. of footage um, from however many hours that they've filmed. So we're only seeing a fraction. Um, but yeah, I have to say, and you, I'm assuming you agree since you said you don't like them, but um, that I'm siding with Bethany. I sympathize with Bethany here because, yeah, I feel like she feels claustrophobic and... Um, she yeah she's got a lot going on and she doesn't want to be yeah schlepping all the way to is it philadelphia it was pennsylvania Um, it was like northeastern pennsylvania which is just right yeah i think if they were that desperate to see them that often i think it's on them to move closer like they could have moved to north jersey and been like less than an hour away but Mm. You know, driving from New York City to Northern Pennsylvania is crazy. That's a nightmare. Like, no normal person would agree to to do that twice a month. And it just, I just felt like it wasn't fair at all. The more I was, the more I watched the series, the more I realized that what they were doing was very passive aggressive, very unfair on Bethany. Um, so like they'd they'd make sure they get all these things on camera like oh I've missed you so much we never see you I wish could you stay here all the time like oh we're gonna keep her bye say goodbye we're gonna yeah it's like I I know what you're doing and this is so toxic and what the fuck is this like why are you so obsessed with this baby like um, I get that being a grandparent I've heard it that it's better than having a child of your own um and but it's like what's missing in your life and what's I don't know yeah very dark and um yeah I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot more going on um that we, we're not privy to yeah and it was weird how like Jason started calling Bethany mama all the time and then he would also call his mom that like three seconds <sighs> later in another scene and it was like <laughs> but he stopped calling her mama after the first season that's interesting but Molly you had a great line was it every time that every time that Jason calls Bethany mama one of your ovaries like one of, one of one your my eggs, eggs dies, dies. <laughs> it's so oh creepy my goodness. it's so weird like he uh there, there was some enmeshment there for sure mm. so what do you think Jason's motivation was for agreeing to the show because I felt like he um put up a uh, he put across a vibe of valuing privacy and being this like traditional man, but then he agreed to do the show. He married the most non-traditional woman. What, what is that about? What do you think it was? I think in the beginning of the relationship, Bethany and um, Jason genuinely were 
head over heels in love with each other and uh it was it was what they had was real and i feel like he did it to support the love of his life and to yeah to support her um i i don't know whether jason i feel like i've always had this blanket anyone who's on reality tv is a it wants fame on some level but then i'm not i'm not sure if that was the case with jason i feel like he was not happy to take a backseat because in the third season we we get the reveal that the self-realization that he was perhaps resentful of her success and mm-hmm. that he's the steadman to her okra and um yeah so I, but i guess the initial let's do okay let's do the show is that um realizing this this is her job she is a celebrity and this is gonna pay the bills. They got they had a baby on the way, so they need to think about uh, having funds coming in, income coming in. It was never clear what Jason did for a living. I mean, you, you got, I probably yeah, it was like it. pharmaceuticals or something, right? So, um, yeah. What about what do you think? He also he said he lived in a five hundred square foot apartment before they moved into their gorgeous gigantic apartment that lasted three seconds, but. I agree. I think that he, they did love each other in the beginning. I did not see any red flags with him in the beginning, but I did toward the end. I definitely started to see like when they were on that one really hellish trip. I don't know if they were in Mexico or Turks and Caicos. It wasn't the one where all the girls came. It was a different one. And he was, no, it wasn't the honeymoon. It was, they were like, he was being so mean to her and just like turning everything on her. And it just reminded me of like an emotionally abusive person. And that was what it really seemed like. And then like looking at what happened in their divorce, different court filings, he stayed in that apartment that she bought. It was her money that got that apartment and him and his dad would walk around in their underwear to make her feel uncomfortable like after the separation, whenever she was there to like pick up or drop off Bryn, apparently he locked Cookie in a storage unit overnight in the like apartment building, like really psycho shit. I'm sure you know about like how he yelled, I will destroy you at Bryn's school p- pickup when they were both there. And he would send threatening emails to Dennis, her boyfriend after him who passed away. Like he ended up doing some crazy, crazy shit. But as far as why he went on the show, I really don't know because like Bethany also has alluded in recent seasons that she was on of Roni. She has said like, you have to be really careful that guys aren't just using you for fame. And then like gives a little eye roll, like, and who else could that be about? It's gotta be about the one guy who literally had his own spinoff show with her. And I don't, but I just don't know because he never did another thing after that. You know what I mean? Like he never did another, he stopped being public facing after their marriage imploded. So I, Mm. I just, it's a mystery of our time why he did the show. Yeah. I think that's what led me to believe that, that to think that maybe he's not, um, a fame hall because it's because we don't see anything of him in the public eye um, mm. after post Bethany ever after. So yeah, he's, I actually did see some red flags from, from the jump, but I think maybe it's because I was looking for them. Yeah. You know, because I know, I know how this ends. Um, you know, even just, I thought the, it was very symbolic that they were arguing on the way to going get their rings, their wedding rings fitted. 
yeah they were having like a nasty argument and so I thought you know that's just uh, prophecy isn't it yeah that was a bummer um I also thought she yelled at him a lot. She just yells at everyone. She's a yeller, you know? She's a yeller. And then I think that's just, um, well, that's me. Yeah. I just don't talk and I say how it is. You know, I'm a New Yorker. I will, I just, I yell at you, you know? Um, yeah, that can be really hard, hard to deal with. Yeah. So what was Bethany's most jaw-dropping moment for you? Or, or just the show, just any moment on the show that you were like, holy shit. I feel like in the same way everyone was telling me to brace myself for the boat episode that, I mean, that is a standout, like peak chaos. Yeah. Um, apart from that, I mean, let me just have a look at my thread and see what's going on there. <laughs> I know. I love your I mean, thread. It's, it's so it's good. Just so much, isn't it? You can't really. Yeah. I had um, some notes, too, that make no sense now. I didn't take good enough notes. And one of them was, Ethan was my Christmas present. Who was Ethan? Why did I write that down? Was that the ice skating instructor? Because that felt like a very weird forced plot line to me, the ice skating. I just was like, I do not care. She was really good at ice skating, though. She was good. And that's – well, I I wasn't surprised because I knew that she was – a roller bla- roller skater, you know, from Roni um, and a uh, ski boarder. So I knew she was, and you know, she always wants to show off how good. Ski boarder? What is it? Snowboarder. <laughs> a snowboarder, you know. You can tell I'm not a posh, a rich kid who grew up on the slopes. <laughs> um, but, and, you know, she always loved to show off how she could do a headstand um, with, with all the yoga that she's, she does um just the whole getting married whilst being heavily pregnant is extremely chaotic and just made for fantastic reality tv uh i enjoyed well i don't know it's not chaotic i just enjoyed the her relationship with her wedding planner who i grew to love he was definitely a grower i was annoyed with him at the start for just being shit at his job but then he actually came through yeah Um, her wedding was like she something about her that I never really noticed until recently because when I first started to really like her I was like 22 or 23 so I had no idea what it actually looked like to be an adult so I would be like oh my god look at her little like shift dresses she's such an adult and now I'm like whenever I look at anything she does whether it's an apartment her wedding anything she wears I'm like she has the worst taste and it's like endearing like she really goes for like the low key tackiest option available every single time in a really adorable, endearing way. You are so right. She's kind of the Giselle Bryant of New York. In, yeah. In the, yeah, she's like she's gorgeous, and she's um, well. I think she's. I think Bethany's like. I think she's like. She's like kind of snatched and like she's. Um, yeah, but. I don't know. I feel, I feel like when she's styled well, she she can look good. Like she she's had some good looks on Roni, I have to say. Yeah. Um, but I know the final reveal of the apartment was really disappointing to me. I was like, oh yeah, oh, oh that's what you went for in the end. Like we've had so many meetings that I have to say I love the interior designers versus architect drama. I just lived for that. It made me realize that maybe I need to get into like HGTV shows because I feel like that's my 
that's a niche that I could really get into. I know, but um, they always pick the worst stuff. It's like say yes to the dress. Like oh, okay. theoretically, I love say yes to the dress, but the dresses are hideous. And like, that's how it is with HGTV too. I like this one on Netflix now that's Mormons, but they never allude, they never talk about the fact that they're all Mormon, but it's dream home makeover, but it is really bland, but it's a little bit more soothing than HGTV. Okay. That could be, yeah, that could be nice for me. Um, oh, you but, mentioned. But, yeah, I, I was very, uh, yeah, I, I did not like um, the design of. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. You mentioned that you listen to Bethany's podcast. So do I. Uh, there's a couple things I would love to talk about with you about that. And then I'll let you go if that's okay. So she had an episode recently where the whole intro was her describing how she's never had plastic surgery. Did you listen to that one? Probably. Yeah, I probably it, did. It was chaos because she was like, I don't remember what spurred it on. I think it was because she had posted something sort of shady on Instagram about another celebrity's plastic surgery or something. And then she went on the podcast and she was like, look, I've never had plastic surgery. All I had was my boobs. I had implants put in, then taken out. And then I had a breast lift and it's like, all right, well, that's three surgeries. And she's like, and I never did anything to my face. This is my real nose. I have Botox in my jaw bones to soften my jawline and that's it. And it, and then she just basically talks about how people should accept themselves and how plastic surgery is really bad. And it's like, okay, so you just explained like four procedures that you've had done and you kind of bragged about the fact that you just naturally have a perfect nose and look like this without getting anything done. And now you're saying that like people who get more done are really bad. It was crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of, Again, it goes back to her being like old school in her like plastic surgery shaming. Like no one gives a shit anymore. Yeah. Like, it's even it's more cool to even say, yeah, I've had this, this, and that done. And but Bethany almost saying that. Um, first of all, I, that's not just Botox that fixed her. Is it called TMJ or whatever? Where you yeah. Saw it developed. Like that was that's there was a chisel involved. <laughs> like that was shaved down. It had to be. <laughs> that was some. Heidi Montag, ten-hour operation. Yeah, uh, because like you just look at the before and after photo. <laughs> You're not fooling us. Um, I, I feel like she is a, a obsessed with her appearance. I mean, the eating disorder. We know. Um, I that was a thought that came to me when she you said she drove out jewels from the show, but she did it in a very like she found her insecurities and like made her start talking about it. Like the that they both shared uh, no, I think Bethany was saying that her mum had the eating disorder. Yeah. Not her. But it's kind of like just reading between the lines. I don't know. Yeah. It was so She's always mentioning her weight as well in um yeah that season was so painful to watch for me to watch her Mm. making Jules's eating disorder all about her while also clearly denying that she might have any sort of disordered eating which hey like any woman who grew up in the in 20th century America probably has some level of disordered eating and Mm. it's so weird to make someone else's eating about you it was so strange to me that she did that to Jules and I just feel like a thing that is that does sour me on her sometimes is the hypocrisy of saying 
plastic surgery is bad. No one should get it. I've never had it, but also I've had four. And like, she does stuff like that all the time. Like when she was being mean to Sonia about Sonia's international lifestyle brand, it's like, that is like one rung below the delusion of like pretending that skinny girl is like an Oprah level empire. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, 100%. Yeah. And, um, I mean, in Bethany's defense, like the, um, tipsy girl was a bit close. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thought. That was a crazy choice. That was a crazy choice. <laughs> that was bold. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So Bethany in her podcast, if no one's listened to it, she goes on these rants, right? She picks a topic and just rants about them. She's actually done two now on vegetables. <laughs> did you listen to that? No. What did she say? <laughs> so she's like, okay, what, what's the hot new vegetable? Like what's the, she's this week. It was all like, okay, okay which, what's the Nicki Minaj? Okay. If it, Nicki Minaj is kale, then Lady Gaga must be broccoli. <laughs> She uh, is a full stand-up routine that she's clearly like been, I wouldn't be surprised if she's taken notes and then she sits down and just goes and um, before then she goes into her, her guests that she brings on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like one of those was about plastic surgery. Yeah, I probably did listen to it and just sort of like put my Bethany filter on and didn't really, but I just like, I don't know, I, I there's something brings me back to it and I do press play when I see it popped up in my feed and uh, I just want to know what the hell she's ranting about this week. Same. Did you listen to the one where she interviewed a TikToker and she was so condescending to him the whole time? No, I feel like when it's men, I don't listen past the rant. I only <laughs> listen to the women she interviews. Um, uh, but no, but that would be interesting to actually listen to. So is it like a, a teenager that she's talking to? Who's yeah, like he's really young and he's really yeah. successful. And he's got okay. like several, several companies going that are doing well. Wow. And all she did was she spent the whole episode giving him advice and like telling Amazing. him. Amazing. <laughs> And it was like, no, he doing was what? Telling, him, telling him what an idiot he was, basically. Like, <laughs> he was like, well, what are you doing? Tell me your elevator pitch. And he was like, oh, I do this, this, and this. And she's like, no, you can't answer that question that way. You need to answer that question this way. Here's why that's wrong. And then at the end, she's like, I'm giving you homework. Here's what you have to do. I want you to write a business pitch and then send it to me and I'll critique it. And it's like, this kid is like a 19-year-old millionaire. He doesn't need your advice. Like, he's not dying to sell lunch meat on QVC like he you know like he's the landscape has changed like she's turning into the she's turning into the Ramona you know shouting at nothing and right so it's like um you know if she was a real entrepreneur she would like know that things change and shift and that she should alter her maybe she should get in on the TikTok game and um but yeah, that sounds hilarious. But she loves the elevator pitch, doesn't she? Yeah. It's like she learned yeah. that term and she was like, okay, this is it. I'm locking on, I'm locking down on this. And it's like, why did you invite this kid on your podcast about successful business people if you were going to berate him and tell him what a non-success he is the whole time? It's like so weird. Yeah. I feel like maybe she's not the only one that invites the guests on and she probably did, like, um, 
yeah sort of just approves them and she always she always begins the episode with you're gonna love this episode and it's like okay yeah business that's what you say yeah. you, you trick the customer you tell the customer what they're gonna love and I, like I see what you're doing and like her first three episodes the whole rant in the beginning would just be her talking about how good she was at podcasting it was like she'd be like Andy Cohen told me to do a podcast and he was so right this is it this is the medium for me and it's like okay but you've said that about your talk show and you said it about bethany getting married and you said it about bethany and frederick like this is it this is the medium for me and i'm like we all think that stop saying it out loud i mean what is what's next not to be take over your podcast but what's next for bethany I I just want her to go back on Real Housewives. What do you want? I'll take that. I think she should just accept that. that that's her bread and butter. And yeah, lean into it and stop being such a diva about the pay. Because it was about pay. Like whatever the reason mm-hmm. she put out, this was about money. She wasn't happy with how much they were offering. Um, and she um, extremely unprofessionally um, just didn't show up and quit on the first day of filming. I know. I'm um, surprised Andy still records with her and like associates with her after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'd be here for it. And I know lots of people would be here for it. Get her back on housewives. Um, yeah. Do you know one final thought about her dynamic with all the other women? Um, it's really interesting how in the beginning with her feud with Jill Zarin, one thing that really stuck in her craw was when Ramona said, well, Jill always likes an underdog. And as soon as you're not an under underdog anymore, she's not going to like you anymore. And it kind of seems like that's now exactly the way Bethany is. Like she only kind of likes people who are, she, she, she just doesn't really like fuck with people who aren't underdogs. Like she loved Luann when Luann was an underdog to her. And she, like there was this one season where like Sonia and Luann were her little minions and everyone else was like off to one other side. And it was like, that was the line in the sand. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, no, it's so true. She needs to have the power, uh, control. Minions. And that's just minions. And that's how Bethany operates. Uh, yeah, I'd be like, I'm, even fascinated um, seeing Ebony. I think Ebony kind of has captain energy. You've mm-hmm. seen the trailer, right, for New York? Yeah, and so I'm really good. interested to see the dynamic. Oh, it looks good. And um, very interested to see how the dynamic shakes up. <laughs> Luan's already like, <laughs> don't you dare tell me I'm uneducated in my home. She's saying Luan is flapping. And then, but then it goes to, it cuts to Ebony and she's just completely unfazed. Um, anyway, that's, I'm just already talking about how excited I am for the new season of New York. Um, but oh, yeah, no, so I good. agree with everything you say. You've just, oh, Molly, you've, you've got so many hot takes and you're always bang on the money. And oh God, uh, thanks. Yeah. I, if you could bring one person back, would it be Bethany? Of all the departed housewives? From, yes. Yeah, I guess it would be. I mean, I've, I've actually always been um, uh, wanting to have Jill Zarin back, but I feel like that's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't want really Dorinda, Dorinda back too. 
Yeah, Dorinda, but I kind of feel like Dorinda hasn't left. I kind of do believe them when they say she's just on hiatus, you know, she just needs to take a step step away. So I've always kind of thought of Dorinda as still being in, in the cast. I don't think she's, I don't classify her as someone who's quit the housewives, you know? Yeah. Um, she's, she's in, she's in the, on the sidelines. Is that, she's on the bench. <laughs> um, yeah. Sports term. Uh, so yeah, I guess Bethany would be, I was very happy to see Heather back and it's a shame that she quits halfway through filming from, I don't uh, like her, you know, you don't I don't like Heather, you don't like Hala. I don't like her. I also, if you, if you had to see one OG of New York and I include Sonia in the OGs cause she has OG energy. If you had to see one of them go Sonia, Luann or Ramona, who is it going to be? Who do you think is going to be the first to crack? Okay, who do I want to see go? Sonia, because for the Dorinda reason, for the you have a problem and it's mm. not it's not fun anymore. Um, you know, you think this is what we want to see. It's not. And you should have realized that two seasons ago. Uh, so I feel like I would not be surprised if she gets put on the bench with Dorinda or they mm. just swap them out. <laughs> mm. uh, so I think that's who I'd want to see go. Who, In terms of who is going to go, uh, do I think that's Sonia as well? I just think Luann and Ramona are just in the DNA of the Real Housewives of New York. Um, it would be a huge shakeup if, if one of them were to go. Uh, I do think Luann needs more than the cabaret. And I feel like that would do my head in if this season is just more cabaret. She's got this love interest, but then we know that because she's not with him today. Spoiler alert, uh, that doesn't go anywhere. So that could just be a little, little storyline, but... Yeah, I think, okay, Sonia, what about you? Yeah, I think it, you're right. It's really interesting that you say you included Sonia in the OGs um, because of the OG energy is so true. You forget yeah, she, that she wasn't there from day one. I know, and I love her, but I agree with you what you said. I want Ramona to stay forever. Sorry, not sorry. I just like, I love watching Ramona. She's so weird. It's just amazing to see her do anything. I just love it, so I want to see how far we could take it as well. Like, not to be ages, but I want to see how old we can get. Like, like I, I know, that. she's the oldest housewife. Yeah, I want to see. Let's break 70. Like, let's do it. Like, I'm really ready for this. Like, Is she 63 now? 64? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Definitely over 60. Because we all know our 60 girlfriends that came to her party. I love it. Uh, well, Joe, I still have 900 other things I want to talk to you about, but it's been an hour and a half and it's nighttime. So I think we better wrap this up. I love having you on. Thank you so much for coming on. You're so welcome. The pleasure is all mine. It's just, yeah, it's such, um, not even a meeting of minds. It's, uh, it's me meeting a superior mind when I'm on with you because you're so articulate and you're so, yeah. you're, you're your takes, your takes are so scalding hot. And, um, but at the same, but I, no, it's a pleasure. It's a, um, I, I, um, I love Diva Behavior. <laughs> Diva Behavior loves you. Where can we find you? What can we listen to? I know that Bare Minimum has had a bit of a renaissance of late, which is so exciting. Give us the scoop. Yeah, my podcast, Bare Minimum, I resurrected it for two episodes before I had a, an identity crisis and I just <laughs> abandoned it again. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> so that's what you'll have to get used to if you want to follow me. Um, but I'm on Instagram, Jogun19. My spinoff with all the Daniel Staub content is Jogun TV. And then Twitter is Jogun. And hey, why not find me on Clubhouse as well? 
Yes. Amazing. 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 I love your podcast. Anything that you deign to give us is welcome. And I've realized with podcasting, like I I've been putting less pressure on myself to deliver weekly content at this on the same day, every single week, because sometimes you're just not going to have an awesome episode. So just, I feel like sporadic is great. You know what I mean? And it's not like, I, I feel like I, I don't think I've ever gone to a podcast and unsubscribed because I haven't had it on the same day every week. Do you know what I mean? I, right. Podcasts just, they just pop up and I'm like, okay, here it is. It's, I can't believe it's come around again this week. You know? So yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like it's just take it easy on yourself. And um, yeah. I agree. Well, I can't wait to see what you do next. Everything you do is a gift for the internet masses. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you, Molly. Some people think divas is a diva to you. Would you say, are you one? I never said that. Diva behavior. Great, uh, great gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> of course, I don't trust you. Diva behavior, the podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.